0: Welcome back to Goal on Stuff, the show where we talk about anything and everything football related. I'm Alex Kurchiav. And I'm Michael San Antonio. And boy, do we have a show for you today.
1: So, playoffs are happening. A lot of crazy stuff has gone down. Uh, I think that this divisional week that, you know, we just saw is one of the best weeks of football that I've ever watched. So, um, that's going to be the first thing on our agenda. We're going to be talking about, you know, the divisional week, about the four games that happened Um, our thoughts on those games and, you know, what it means for our predictions and what it means for the playoffs in general moving forward. Um, And then after that, we're going to segue a little bit into some of this coach, the coach news that we've been seeing. Um, There's been some cool hiring, some questionable hirings, and we're going to be talking about Sean Payton and him stepping down from that um, head coaching position with the Saints organization. That's a, you know, pretty big news piece. We're going to be talking about that. And then um, lastly, we're going to be talking about the AFC and NFC championship games, and what we think is going to happen in those. And then that's going to lead us into our Super Bowl talks and Super Bowl predictions, which is coming up. Um, so it's going to be a really exciting episode. I think, you know, there's a lot to, you know, unload here. And yeah, I'm ready. You ready, Alex? Oh, I'm absolutely ready. Yeah. So so before we start, I just want to say, um, I had uh, two performances, Friday and Saturday, um, that were scheduled for, for a play I'm in. And because of this, you know, really bad snowstorm up where we live, um, they've been canceled. So I'm unfortunately missing um, the AFC and NFC Championship games on Sunday. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna see them live and that, that really stinks, um, but, you know, I'm gonna do my best not to hear, you know, rumors about the games. I know I'm gonna hear the scores. It's just, there's no way around it, but I'm gonna try to watch them on Monday. Um, so I'm a little bummed about that, but, you know, we'll see. Um, still should be super exciting. And you'll you'll be able to watch them live. So I'll keep you posted. Yeah. Yes. Definitely do that. Um. But yeah, let us get into these divisional games. A lot of crazy things went down. Um. You know, you could have guessed that the best team would have won every single game, and by a lot, or by you know by what they were supposed to, in you know betting standards, and you would have been completely wrong for some of these. So, <laughs> um. Yeah, it was a crazy week. Like I said, probably the best playoff week of football I've ever seen in my life and yeah I'd say um, yeah I, I say we just start going by the order of how the games happened let's start with the Bengals and Titans game um, the number one seed Titans went against red hot Bengals with Joe Burrow with a great defense with Jamar Chase um, a lot of people had the Titans favored I picked the Bengals I know you picked the Titans Alex mm-hmm. so um I don't want to brag but I was right. You were wrong. Um, just get that out of the way. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it, it was a very close game. And ultimately to me um, the game came down to Ryan Tannehill and his turnovers. Yeah. Um, you know, both defenses played great. Um, we've talked about this earlier, Alex, that Titans defense was incredible. Nine sacks to Joe Burrow. Um, you know, also the Bengals line, O-line was awful that game, but still nine sacks to Joe Burrow it seems like they were pressuring him every single snap. He, you know, he just had nowhere to get rid of the ball because they were coming at him so quickly. Um, On the same, on the other side of the field, the the Bengals on defense were also incredible three interceptions. um, Two of them were tipped, but still Tannehill didn't have his best game. And ultimately, ultimately that last turnover is what did it. I mean, the Titans had a chance to win and they didn't um, Tannehill had that costly turnover. Burrow got them in field goal range and McPherson is cold-blooded, and he made that kick, so. Um, Back. Yeah, that's ultimately what it came down to. Um, In my opinion, I don't know if the Bengals are the better team than the Titans, but I think they were just a little bit more prepared, and they were less sloppy with the ball, so that's
0: what it came down to, and I think the Bengals are very much deserving of this AFC Championship game. I do agree with you. I think the Bengals definitely showed up more on Sunday, and were the better team on Sunday. They weren't necessarily the better team all year, like you said, but, they definitely came up clutch when they needed to. And I just, you got to question the Titans' offensive performance because Derrick Henry did nothing virtually. Ryan Tannehill, he, he had three turnovers and ultimately cost them the game when when you really put it into perspective. And that's just like how it is in today's game. Today uh, Today's game has evolved into such a quarterback-centric game. I keep saying game. But quarterback is so important now, and I don't think you could go deep in the playoffs without having an elite quarterback, unless there's like very few exceptions, like the Niners this year. And if I'm the Titans, I'm definitely exploring my options at quarterback. If you can find someone to get uh, to offload Ryan Tannehill's contract onto and maybe make a play for Aaron Rodgers, I don't see why Aaron Rodgers would say no to Tennessee with the skill position core they have there and the the coaching they have there, I would definitely look into Aaron Rodgers from Tennessee. But the better quarterback won on Saturday and that, like, credit to the Bengals. And But I think the story is Tannehill here. Yeah,
1: I agree with you there. And I've been kind of low on Tannehill for a little while. I do think he's a good quarterback. He showed it in 2019 and 2020. He was playing as a top 10 quarterback in the league those two years. Um, but this year, you know, with AJ Brown being injured with Derek Henry being injured for part of the season, Julio having that hamstring issue all year, wasn't quite the Julio Jones that we've seen him in the past. The Titans offense looked kind of barren. There wasn't much going there. And Tannehill was kind of forced to take over and, you know, do whatever he could with not a lot going on. And he didn't quite deliver in my opinion, you know, he had a lot of turnovers, which a lot of quarterbacks did this year, but he didn't have that many touchdowns. Um, you know, it was definitely a down year in, you know, his standards for, for what we saw the last two years before this, this was a down year for Tannehill. And I think what it comes down to is he's a good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. And I don't think he ever will be. Exactly. And so the Titans, like you said, are going to have to look into, you know, what options they have this off season and in the future, you know, if they want to win a Super Bowl. I don't think that they can have Ryan Tannehill as their starting quarterback. And I hate saying that, but unless they really change things drastically on, you know, offense and defensive side of the ball, unless they can really get their team to another level than they are now, I don't think it's possible. And, you know, that that's kind of upsetting if you're a Titans fan, but um, that's just something I want to say that the other thing I noticed about this game was Derrick Henry cannot be the, you know, the central point of your offense in the playoffs anymore. The last two games, Uh, that Derrick Henry, you know, has been the central point. We saw him against Baltimore um, last year. And Derrick Henry was completely shut down. I mean, all it took was the Ravens just completely setting in and, you know, putting up their game plan for Derrick Henry. Um, They were stacking the box. They they made sure that he wasn't getting any yards after the line of scrimmage. And he went, I'm pretty sure it was like 20 rushes for like 40-something yards. It was an awful game. And in this one against the Bengals, he went 20 rushes for 60 something yards. He did have that touchdown, but as good as Derrick Henry is, I mean, teams are finding ways to stop him when they need to. And the Titans really need to start, you know, moving the ball differently. They're going to have to start really involving AJ Brown. They started doing that towards the end of the game. It wasn't enough. Um, if Julio's healthy, start getting him the ball. Just you know, figure out ways to move the ball without having Derrick Henry get
0: 20, 25 touches a game when it's really inefficient in the playoffs. I agree. I I don't think Ryan Tannehill is that prolific passer that you can rely on to drop back 50 times in a must-win playoff game and just carry your offense like some of the other guys we saw this weekend. But I don't know. Derrick Henry just, it, it's not what you want to see from him. And the Titans, their, dif- their defensive line was incredible, though and it's it's unfortunate to see such a talented team go out like that but i think that the the right team that won did win if that makes any sense Which i don't think it does <laughs> it, it, it kind of does make
1: sense and yeah i mean joe burrow props to him i was a, not not against him but I, I i was low on him um going into this season and he's absolutely proved me wrong um Jamar Chase, I wasn't low on him, but I thought they should have drafted O-line over receiver. And I do want to say, first off, that O-line is atrocious. It is atrocious. It's bad. Nine sacks. Yeah, like you said, um, the Titans have a great defense. Jeffrey Simmons is a beast. But, like, still nine sacks. Yeah, they
0: won, but nine sacks? Like, come on. Only other QB to win a playoff game with getting sacked eight or more times Donovan McNabb 20 years ago against Green Bay. It's... (laughs) It's like a feat. Imagine. I gotta say, it's a feat to be able to overcome that.
1: Imagine if he had an O line right now. Like, imagine.
0: Okay, but and if he, he doesn't draft Anthony soul, they would be nowhere near this spot right now. No, no, no. I'm not saying over chase.
1: I'm just saying. Imagine if they didn't take Carmen in the second round. Imagine if they picked better just in past years and this year. If they, you know, acquired good free agents last offseason. You know, I think they're definitely gonna look for some good Mike ones Hilton. this offseason.
0: Mike Hilton was a great
1: signing. That is true. My has been really good. It's been very good. And that defense, I I keep saying it, but that defense is super underrated. Trey Hendrickson is incredible. Even Eli Apple, who a lot of people hate for good reason, um, has been a good contributor to that defense. (laughs) What do you
0: mean by that?
1: uh, (laughs) Eli Apple has had some Twitter arguments. He's had some, you know, beef with Giants fans. There's a a lot of stuff going on with Eli Apple right now. Eli Um, Apple
0: beefs with everywhere he's been.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and... You know, I understand why other people would beef with him because he's been a very, very, very bad corner just for a very long time. But this is the first year where I'm like, okay, Eli Apple's making some plays. So I think he was pretty good in New Orleans. Uh he was good for a couple games and then he had some rough games too. It was an up and down year, but this is the first year where he's actually been solid and looked yeah. sort of like the first round pick that he was, in wow, my opinion. He was a so,
0: first. I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was. You were supposed to be really good. So the Giants made some rough picks the last few years. They did, yes, they did. And you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, with coaches stuff, we're gonna be talking about the Giants a little bit, but yeah, um, Bengals won in the end, and they move on to the AFC Championship game, which is huge. The Bengals have been awful. The last time they were good, like Boomer Esiason was their quarterback, yeah. like in the '80s. Like, come on. So this is big for the Bengals. Um, Joe Burrow's the future. If he gets an O-line, he may be unstoppable. And we'll talk about what we think is going to happen later against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, but good luck for the Bengals. And Titans and Titans fans have to be a little upset after that loss. That's just all I have to say about that. Um, Next game, let's talk about this one. Um, Niners versus Packers. This game was very boring. Um, You know, people thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. Lambeau conditions were not we're not great. Uh, it was super cold. Receivers couldn't quite catch the ball. It, it felt like zero degrees out there. Um, both defenses played phenomenal, both offenses played very subpar, um, especially the Niners offense. Jimmy G is not is one of the worst playoff quarterbacks
0: in NFL that's, history. I know that's the exception that I was talking about earlier. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I know he wins. I get it. He wins. Okay, I'm not I'm not gonna argue against that, but it's not him who's winning. They win his team is
0: winning. They win in spite of Jimmy G. He has some of the worst
1: playoff stats I've ever seen. I've ever seen. He he literally, like, did not do anything against the Packers. And I, I just want to emphasize this real quick. I don't know if you agree, but the Packers should have won that game. Oh, they played like, better. Obviously. Like, no, no, no. But I'm saying, like, in terms of, like, it, it really came down to special teams. And it's yeah. <laughs> a very rare time that this happens. But special teams was the deciding factor in this game. And <laughs> – You know, you had that blocked field goal. Uh, The Niners special teams just blocked um, Mason Crosby's field goal in the middle of the game. And then you also had that blocked punt, which was a seven-point flip. Um, The Niners got on the board, tied the game, and they ultimately won off of that blocked punt. So um, those two things are what lost Aaron Rodgers the game. He didn't play as good as he should have, and he definitely could have won the game at other moments. He had chances to win even after that blocked punt. But I think he's getting a little bit too much, you know, um, blame for the game. I think a lot of people have um, ma- are making narratives. Let, let me speak mm. first. Um, he's He hasn't been the best playoff quarterback throughout his career. But I think people are being a little ridiculous here. This was not his fault. He played better on offense than Jimmy Garoppolo did. Ultimately, they should that have is not hard. a high bar. It's not that a high bar. Not but not Aaron Rodgers wasn't that bad in this game. He really wasn't. Um, the O-line kind of sold on him, in my opinion. His receivers didn't play that good, exception Devontae Adams played pretty well. Um, and Rodgers missed a couple throws. He, he wasn't perfect, but it wasn't a bad game. He played much better than Garoppolo. They should have won that game. I don't think the blame should be solely on Rodgers. It should be a little bit on Rodgers, but to me, this you know doesn't hurt his legacy as much as some other people think. I think he just needs to move teams move you know situations and try to get a ring somewhere where he can actually get a ring not
0: in greenback um i think you saw that aaron rogers just he wasn't really rogers this game usually he he does hone in on Devonte adams and aaron jones and all his best players but then he still spreads the ball around but he just got this insane tunnel vision this game the, the highest targeted player not named Devonte Adams or Aaron Jones was someone named Dominique Daphne with two targets. And then there was five other guys that only had one target apiece. And so to have that kind of tunnel vision, it's really uncharacteristic of him. And with Rogers, you kind of just see this pattern of playoff folding every year, consistently every year, whether it's the NFC championship game or the uh, you know divisional round, It's every year that this happens with Rodgers. And I think that he's getting at least the appropriate amount of blame for this. You do definitely blame the game on special teams because of literally both deciding plays were special teams plays and the special teams coordinator definitely deserves plenty of blame, but Rodgers is definitely not blameless.
1: Yeah. Well, I I agree with that. He's not blameless. I just think, you know, after losing that game, a lot of people are like Rodgers is in top 10 all time. A lot of people are saying things like that. Okay. And I think you said Rodgers was top three all time. And I don't think he's top three all time. I think he's top five all time. Uh, that was a little bit of a hot take at the moment. I thought he may have had a chance at winning the Super Bowl, but I still think he's top five all time. And that may be also a hot take. Although I think if he wins another Super Bowl with another team, I think that won't be a hot take. I think he will be in people's top fives all time, if he can get another ring. So that's kind of speculation on my part, but we'll see. Um, but I, you know, I think I don't think this hurt his legacy as much as other people think it did. He was still phenomenal this year. This is one game. Yeah, he, he,
0: he, was the, play. he was the
1: best quarterback on the best team all year. Yeah. And a lot of people seem to, you know, forget that. I know he didn't have a lot of, doesn't have a lot of playoff success in his career, but they exactly what they did. I don't know. You can't just blame point, everything. On Aaron Rodgers here. That's just my opinion. And also, you know, a lot of things went bad for the Packers. It, it was just an unfortunate game. Mercedes-Lewis had that fumble, which led to a field goal. That could have easily been points for the Packers if they could have moved that drive. Like I said, um, you know, that blocked field goal at the end of the uh, first half that could have been a touchdown if the Packers had a more one more minute. Um, the blocked punt was really what did it, and that was a crazy situation. You hardly ever see blocked punts, it turned into seven points for the Niners. So you know, those three events, which were kind of out of Roger's hands, decided the game. And I think the Packers easily could have scored 20, 25 points, 24 points, maybe, if those things kind of went the other way. So that's just my thoughts on it though. Um, but I want to say for for the Niners'
0: sake, um, you were really high on Look them. Look at my Niners.
1: Yeah. Look and at them.
0: see championship game.
1: You know, I was kind of like. I was like, okay, Alex, you're you're a little too hype right now about, about your Niners pick. You know, they made the playoffs, but they're not that good. And now that they've won, you know, two straight against Dallas, I did not think they'd win that. And then against arguably the best team in the league, um, you, I have to give them props and you props for, for that. They've been really good. Um, Debo Samuel's
0: a monster. That defense is, has been incredible in the playoffs. I was going to um, get to that. Credit to that defense because yeah. – Two years ago, when the Niners were the number one seed and Green Bay was number two, and they were both in the NFC Championship, but it was in San Francisco, and San Francisco blew out the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers, after the game, said how it would be different if it was in Green Bay in the, the two-degree weather, and they, they turned around and just beat them in their own stadium, in their own weather conditions. The, the Niners play in California. They don't play in that kind of weather, and to see Aaron Rodgers go out like that, it It stinks. To see what I think was the best team all year not be able to play in at least the championship game. I think Green Bay, L.A. would have been a very interesting game. But a divisional NFC championship is cool, too. Don't get me wrong. But the Niners have just been playing great. That defense is, was suffocating. The, the Packers didn't look like the Packers. They looked like, you know, an equal team to the Niners, which I don't think they were. In my opinion, that ultimately come,
1: came down to Kyle Shanahan. I think he's a great coach. He's a really good coach. He knows what he's doing. The Niners were prepared in both of these games. I'm, you know, They got a little bit lucky this one, but I, I think they were really prepared in these two games. And I think it you know, just speaks to how good of a coach he
0: is. I think he is one of the main reasons that they got this far. It's funny. You look at Kyle Shanahan's coaching record. He has three seasons of double-digit losses and then two seasons of going to the NFC Championship game at least. So, yeah, the, well, like, obviously, there's the nuances of his whole team was injured those three years or didn't have any good players in the case of the first year. But it's just funny to look at that. <laughs> it, it's an interesting situation, but I don't think you can, you know,
1: you have to give him his credit. He's a great coach. Oh, absolutely. Just see what he does with that offense and defense. He, he He's so creative with how he runs his team. And I, I really think that's what's gotten. Them I'll so far. get in.
0: I'll get into more of that later this episode. But. I huge credit to Cal Shanahan. Yeah. Um, Next, let's talk about the Rams versus
1: Bucks game. Normally, this would be the best game of the week, no no matter what week it is. Normally, this would be, but this week being as crazy as it was, it was not the best game uh, this week. So, Mm. but but let's get into this Rams versus Bucks. A lot of people had the Bucks favored in this one, and I don't know why. Um, You know, the Rams I thought were the better team going into it, and. For three quarter, two and a half quarters of the game, the Rams were easily the better team. And then they self-destructed and things got real rough for, you know, around a quarter. Um. Yeah. The, the Rams completely self-destructed. There was that cup fumble. There was the, the center snapped it when Stafford wasn't ready for the ball. There was that Matt gay missed 47 yard field goal, which he could have made and could have just put the game away. Um, Cam Akers had two fumbles, one, at the, right at the end of the first half and one in a very, very pivotable, pivot, yeah. p- pivotable, pivotal, 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 pivotal moment. Sorry. Um, in the fourth quarter and there was also a Tyler Higby drop, which could have easily extended a Rams drive. So, you know, those are like six or seven things right there that just the Rams completely, you know, missed on the they're, they're six or seven really bad issues that almost lost them the game. And, mm-hmm. um, Brady got the ball back four or five times and he couldn't even move the ball for two or three of those times. He, he had trouble moving the ball. So um, I really think the Rams are the better team in this game. And I think they proved it for most of the game, but you know, they cannot self-destruct like that in the playoffs and it almost lost them the game. So, you know, Stafford saved them ultimately. I know you're, you're not a big Stafford guy, but um, give Stafford his credit after that. Let me get to it. He came in so clutch that, that pass to Cooper Cup, I know there were some, you know, defensive issues. You know, they weren't on the same page on defense. Some guys blitzed. Some, they were supposed to be in coverage, and it doesn't really matter. But still, Stafford, that, that was an, an amazing throw. Right mm-hmm. to Cooper Cup. There was no question about it. After that throw, I was like, that's game. That's game. And it was. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about this game, except that the Rams really need to figure their stuff out because, you know, you can play – as good football as you want for the first two or three quarters. But if you can't figure things out at the end of the game, you're mm-hmm. going to lose to these good teams. And Brady almost did it. I mean, not Brady, the, the Bucks defense pretty much almost did it. Brady kind of helped a little bit, especially with that Evans pass, but yeah. Um, very exciting game.
0: Uh, you want to talk about it a little yeah. bit, Ox? I think that if this game happened a good eight, nine weeks ago when both teams were healthy, then it would have been one of the best games, but To me, it wasn't really a fair fight for the most part because Tampa's entire team is injured. Man, their whole offense is just gone. They did have Fournette back, but he still wasn't one hundred percent. And missing Godwin, AB, as you know, as much of a uh, uh, person he is, a character that he is, he's still ultra talented, and they're missing him sorely on missing him dearly on the offensive end, and the the game just didn't feel fair for the most part until the Rams started to just self-destruct, like you said. And that's the thing about this game to me, you said it would have been the best game. I don't know. Cause I think that the, the comeback that Tampa almost made was more about the Rams being bad and, and shooting themselves in the foot than Tampa making this insane comeback. Um, like you said, I have been down on Stafford all year. I will give him his credit for this game. Stafford, this game was not at all on Stafford, the folding Stafford came through in the clutch that, that, uh, deep ball to Cooper cup on the very last drive. I was not expecting it at all. I thought it would have been short. He was off his back foot. He was the guy in his face and he made the perfect throw that he needed to, for them to get that game winning field goal. But Tampa's defense talk about self-destructing on the end, at the end of that game, they left Cooper cup wide open for what? Like 20, 30 yards on the first play. And then another 40 on the next. And that was the difference that Brady made this crazy comeback the way that Brady does. And his defense just failed him. Although I don't think it would have been fair for Tampa to win that game after how it started. That that was the football gods looking out. If you ask me, I kind of
1: disagree about, you said, you know, Brady made this crazy comeback and the defense failed him. I would say the defense made the defense got him there. The defense got him there. The defense made this crazy comeback and then the defense failed themselves. Um, Brady, I will give him credit for that. Mike Evans pass, I was not expecting that, and Mike Evans too. You know, I'm down on Mike Evans for the most part. He's a good receiver, but I think he's a little overrated. Um, but he he cooked Jalen Ramsey on that route. Yeah. He cooked him. Yeah. I was not expecting that, and then I was not expecting Brady to throw it 57 yards downfield right <laughs> to, to his arms. That was that was pretty ridiculous. But other than that, you know, the, they they got pretty lucky. The the defense really was holding up. In the beginning of the fourth quarter, they kept getting them the ball in scoring position or in, you know, on their um, on the Rams side of the field. Uh, They kept doing it. And, you know, Brady kept missing passes that he should have made. I think Brady could have come back if he played a little bit better in that fourth quarter. I think Brady could have come back and won that game, um, which is kind of crazy to say, but I I think he could have. So ultimately, yeah, I think if if Godwin, AB were healthy. I think that, you know, the, the Bucks may have won that game just with how the Rams self-destructed. I think they probably would have won that game, but um, they didn't. And I, Stafford was the better quarterback that game. The Rams are the better team. Um, you know, I, I still can't believe they self-destructed. Um, McVay's probably yelling at a bunch of them <laughs> after that game. But, you know, he's got to be happy they at least won. And I had them as my Super Bowl favorite um, before the season, and I maintained it as the season went on. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, it looks like, you know, maybe with a little bit of luck that I was correct um, with that pick. I mean, we'll see um, with the NFC Championship game, but still, uh, so I- I'm pretty happy about that. That the Rams are showing up when they need to
0: this season. I would, I would just like to say that if Stafford does end up folding in the next two games, I do reserve the right to still say I told you so.
1: Yeah, you do. But if <laughs> he plays well and they lose, or if I will he...
0: retract every statement.
1: Yeah, because he's had two very good games. The first one, he didn't have to do as much, but this one was a truly elite game from a quarterback. And if the Chiefs and Bills game didn't happen, I would say that Stafford had the best game this week. So I agree. Out of any quarterback. So Yeah. Um, Next, let's talk about maybe the greatest game I've ever seen, or whoa. one of them at least. It, it's, it's up there. You have to put it up there. Um, it's top three for me. It's top five, and if I really made a list, I bet it would probably be two or three. But, yeah, it's one of the best games I've ever seen. That Bills versus Chiefs game, like I said, I said this was going to be like a Marino-Elway classic game, and I didn't even know how good it was going to be when I said that. It it, it blew my expectations out the water. I, I was not expecting that. Mahomes and Allen played pretty much the most perfect games you could play as a quarterback. Um, I think Allen played maybe a tiny bit better. But Mahomes also played near perfect. So there's, you
0: really can't knock either of them both on any of of them were perfect. That's a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think you can and, even call it near perfect. I think that's even a little unfair to them, which true. is true. Honestly, they, they were both
1: say. perfect. And, you know, a lot of people are pointing out that, you know, Allen was making these crazy passes, deep passes. I just want to point out Mahomes wasn't able to make these deep passes because the Bills were playing two deep safeties the, the whole were, game. The Bills were selling out on the deep ball, which is what you have to do against the Chiefs. And even with all that, even with, you know, Tyreek wasn't open on a lot of plays. Kelsey wasn't open on some plays. Mahomes, this is the first game. I mean, I've seen him scramble in the past, but he was incredible scrambling. And so yeah. was Allen. Mahomes, like whenever he needed to, whenever he was in trouble, he would just weave in and out of defenders, get like he had that 140 yard scramble. Yeah. He had a touchdown. He had a couple plays where he was just running all around the field. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback who isn't, you know, supposed to be like, you know, one who isn't a running quarterback, you know, phenotype. One of those quarterbacks. I haven't seen a quarterback run the ball so well in a while. You know, Mahomes was incredible. Um, Allen was incredible. There's not much more I can say about about that. Um, The main story about this game is what happened after the two-minute warning. Um, Gabriel Davis. Yeah, I was was going to say, don't
0: forget him. I was we have to give to Gabriel it. Davis
1: his, you know, his recognition because I think he's been playing incredible since he was a rookie last playoffs. He made some big plays in that Colts game and he really looked like a solid receiver. I was excited to see what they would do with him this year. They didn't really involve him that much, you know, getting Emmanuel Sanders, having Cole Beasley already as your um, slot guy, kind of, and Diggs, obviously. Knox had a breakout year, so Gabriel Davis kind of was you know on the he wasn't getting that much playing time earlier this year but some injuries put him in the spotlight towards the end of the year and this game i think proves that Gabriel Davis needs to be your second option on offense cuz he had one of the most dominant games i've seen a receiver have him and allen were incredible eight catches 201 yards four touchdowns like that that's ridiculous as a wide receiver four to put up those stats in a game like this and to just completely like humiliate The Chiefs defense we have to give him his credit for that um you want to talk a little bit about the overtime stuff that happened
0: yeah it was one of those games where it went into overtime and whichever team was going to win the coin toss was winning that game it was just like the uh 2018 seasons NFC championship AFC championship game I mean with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady that time it was Tom Brady that won the toss and they just went down and scored and it was the same type of game. You knew that as soon as the Chiefs won the coin toss, they were winning the game because neither defense was stopping the other team all game. Both quarterbacks played perfect. Both offenses played perfect. And I think that along with the the Gabriel Davis stat line, eight catches for 200 yards and four touchdowns, it's insane to think about. But it's also because the defense keyed in on Stephon Diggs so much. Diggs yeah. had what, one catch for seven yards. Three for seven yards. Three for seven yards. Okay. But yeah. still, seven yards? Like, yeah. And it really did open up for Gabriel Davis, but Gabriel Davis was open on like wide open on virtually every one of those touchdowns, except for the one where it was it was a little bit of a go route, but then he put a move on the defensive back and the defensive back just fell. That route was dirty. And it, it was just an insane performance from him. We were, I know we were texting the whole time, especially with our group chat with everyone we play fantasy with, but that game, every time you, every time one of the teams scored in the last couple of minutes, someone would say, they left them too much time, man. <laughs> but then with 13 seconds left, you're like, oh, okay, the Bills, they, they finally won. The Bills scored last. And then the Chiefs got down there and, you know, kicked the field goal. I think that the mistake that the Bills made, it was a huge blunder by the coaching, was not kicking that ball inbounds. If the, yeah. if the Bills kick that ball inbounds and successfully did a squib kick and the ball gets down to about the 15, 20 yard line, but it's the, the three, four seconds that come off during that sequence that the Chiefs suddenly don't have time because the Chiefs kick that field goal with three seconds left. So, you know, you lose four or five seconds on the kick. You don't have time to kick that field goal. And I think the Bills should have won this game. I think the Bills played better. But like you were talking about with Mahomes, I definitely like it stinks to see Josh Allen not play another game this year. But then you also get the treat of watching Mahomes play another game this year. And so Mahomes, you do get to watch him for another uh, game. And the way he was playing in the beginning, the scrambling that you mentioned, that guy was on another level that night. Mahomes, I think that was probably the game of his life. He's had some insane games like his MVP year against the Steelers and the Super Bowl against the Niners. But this was the game of his life, I'd say.
1: And I agree with that. I
0: think the Chiefs are on track to win the Super Bowl now. Whatever whatever team won that game is winning the Super Bowl, if you ask me.
1: I agree. I, I said it last week, and I even more doubled down on it after that game. You know, both teams or both quarterbacks were so good that I don't think anybody can compete with them if they keep playing like that. Um, you that's, said that you think, you know. That's Brady the- Manning for the next 10 years exactly um allen and mahomes you know everyone's excited about both of them right now after that game and they should be because they're going to be running the league for the next 10 to 15 years and you know you just got to get used to it um you said you think that they should have kicked it um should have done a squib kick and i do agree although i do think that shannon sharp uh, he made a good point about this i saw um on social media he said that you know um special teams is taught to kind of jump on the ball or you know in those cases squib kicks um Sometimes they end up going out of bounds. That could be a, a bad penalty, get the ball on the 40-yard line. So, you know, if, you know, those two things uh, keeping in mind, um, I do get why the Bills didn't do it. Ultimately, they had to stop the Chiefs with 13 seconds left. I don't think anyone, even me, I'm a huge I, – I know how good Pat Mahomes is. I know how good that offense could be. I was not expecting that. Either was um, on. Props to the Chiefs. Those two plays, um, you know, they've been covering them all on ESPN these last couple of days those two plays were not really designed. You know, like they said, Kelsey was playing, you know, kind of recess backyard football <laughs> that last route. He just ran whatever route he could to get open, and Mahomes hit him right in stride. Um, I was, like, in disbelief when that happened. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I think the overtime rules need to be changed because I wanted to see Allen touch the ball too. But I think we need to acknowledge that the Chiefs are – You could still say when they're at the best, maybe the best team in the league or one of the best. And sure. Yeah, Um, I think I think they're winning the Super Bowl, but we'll get into that.
0: Um, So next, uh, we're going to go through some news that happened this week. We're going to go with what happened last week to begin, and then we're going to happen with this week and then we're going to predict what's happening later this week. So uh, we're going to talk about some of the coaches that got hired and then some that are and then one that's rumored to be hired soon. And then Sean Payton at the end. So to start, we're going to go with Nathaniel Hackett to Denver. Um, Nathaniel Hackett was the, the green Bay offensive coordinator and is now the Denver head coach, which I think that Denver had the right mindset in doing that in that they should have gotten an offensive coach after having Vic Fangio for the last two, three years. And which it is the right mindset to get an offensive coach, but I just don't know that Hackett was the, the guy to hire there because he he is the offensive coordinator but that offense is matt lafleur's offense and i don't know how much involvement hackett had i know aaron Rodgers was a huge advocate for him but i think that there were better offensive coaches to hire i i'm really high on mike mcdaniel which you can make the art the same argument with him and shanahan where it's shanahan's offense but i think mike mcdaniel is a brighter mind and i think that shanahan is more of a uh sharer for lack of a better word of his knowledge and I think that there were definitely better options than Hackett Kellen Moore is another one of them Brian Dable's another one of them but you know it it remains to be seen how that turns out you got anything to say about that uh, I don't hate the hiring um one thing that I
1: think I- I'm not going to say too much because I-, I don't know if I agree with this I don't think it's going to happen but there's speculation about Rodgers to Denver. Yeah, Rogers that that's been one of the things. And Hackett being signed as the head coach is pointing, is is making it seem a little obvious that the, yeah. the Broncos are definitely going to go heavy for Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't think Rodgers is necessarily going to go heavy for the Broncos, but the Broncos are going to go out of their way to get Aaron Rodgers this offseason. So that's one thing that this hiring tells me right away. Just just seeing the ties with the Packers between Hackett and Rodgers. Um, You know they know each other very well, so that that's one thing. Um, I do agree with you though that I think there's a couple other guys who may have been better for the job than Hackett. But I don't hate the hiring, and I really think the Broncos just need to get their roster together. You know, I didn't think Fangio was that bad of a coach when it came down to it. I just think they need to get some more superstars on their team. They have a good, well-rounded defense of a very good quarterback away. They're a quarterback away. I I think it's a little bit more than that though. You know, their offense is good but their offense isn't great. In my opinion, they have a they lot didn't have of the coaching young before they didn't have the coaching. Your offensive coordinator was Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer is awful. <laughs> I, I will give you, I will give you that. Pat Shermer does not always do it, but at the same time, you know, people talk about this receiving core, like they're one of the best receiving cores in the league and they have good receivers, but I agree. they're not a top 10 receiving core in the league. Ooh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't good... go that far. They're, they're not. I mean, Cortland Sutton, I love Cortland Sutton, but he had a down year this year, partly because of bad quarterback play and partly because he just couldn't get a connection in that offensive system. Jerry Judy had zero touchdowns this year. I love Jerry Judy, but, you know, um, Jerry Judy did didn't miss half the
0: What do did you
1: say? He did miss half the season. It's true, but still, I mean, zero no, I, touchdowns. I agree. It's
0: just, you know.
1: He regressed in yards per game, too. He got less targets this year. Tim Patrick was really their most productive receiver this year. Yeah. And yeah. Tim Patrick, you know, he's, he's, you know what you're getting with him. He's nothing special. He's, he's good. Right. He's nothing special. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, if Rogers goes to Denver, he's going to have to be playing Herbert and Mahomes twice a year. Um, I don't think he's going to Denver, but I, I like this signing. If the Broncos could get some more talent just in general around their whole team, maybe some more defensive players. I know they have a great secondary, but still mm-hmm. um, then I think this hiring could be good, but, like I said, I'm a little skeptical about it. We'll have to see how it works out. Um, that's all I really have about yeah, I'm with you.
0: It's not a bad hiring per se, but I feel like there were better ones. So Yeah. Well, not better ones in the case of our next coach, the Chicago Bears hired uh, the Colts defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus. Um, the Colts had a great defense, but they also have some very good defensive players. They have DeForest Buckner, they have Darius Leonard, who's a defensive player of the year candidate. Julian Blackman, even though he missed a, a bunch of games this year, is very underrated. Kenny Moore is also a very good corner. But so at the Kenny same Moore time, at the same time, Matt Eberflus did coach that team that defense up to what it is. And he's a good coach, but I just don't see the logic in going with a defensive head coach after Matt Nagy. You see what Matt Nagy can do. To your quarterbacks he ruined Mitch Trubisky dare I say and it's just you see what happened with Nagy and I can understand why you might be more uh, averse to hiring another offensive coach but having just spent two first round picks on Justin Fields I don't see why you wouldn't hire another offensive coach to bring him up to his full potential you already have good defensive players you have Khalil Mack you have Cal, you do not have Kyle Fuller you have Eddie Jackson you have Akeem Hicks, so Roquan I Roquan Smith, yeah, Roquan Smith, and I, so I think, oh, uh, Jalen Johnson is very good, yeah. and so I think you kind of just let that defense figure it out with whoever your offensive coach hires a defensive coordinator, and you you get an offensive guru to bring your offense to the highest potential it could. Be. You have some awesome skill position players: Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery, along with Justin Fields. I think Mike McDaniel would have been the perfect coach for the Bears because of the play action scheme that the Niners run and the it's up it's perfect for a guy like Justin Fields who's electric on the on the ground with his legs and but is still a very capable passer so i was really high on Justin Fields next year depending on who the bears hired and i just don't think this is the guy
1: yeah um i do think i agree with you there i'm not going to talk too much about this because we have a lot of other stuff to talk about but yeah, I, I think the Bears are still acting like they have that 2018 elite defense, and you know the defense is good. You you listed a bunch of good players, but it's not that good anymore. No, it's uh, not that good. No, getting a head coach that's defensive oriented is definitely saying that they think that their defense is what's going to win them football games, and they're going to try to, you know, you know they may they may try they may think that um, you know um this guy's going to be able to get them a good offense too. But I, I don't know. I mean. I've been high on Justin Fields and I think he'll figure things out, but I'm a little skeptical about this, this hiring too, even more than um, the the Hackett hiring. I think this one is a little questionable and the Bears are really going to have to prove it year one, that this is the right guy for the, for hiring. But I agree. Like I said, um, Um, there's not much more to say about that. You know, we'll have to see how he, how he performs.
0: Rumors Um, rumors right now have it that the uh, Iberfus is looking at the Eagles passing game coordinator, Kevin Patullo, I'm pretty sure that's how you say it, as their offensive coordinator. And after seeing what Jalen Hurts did this year, no way. <laughs> no way am I excited for this if I'm a Bears fan. We'll,
1: we'll see. I like Fields. Maybe they'll figure it out. Um, but let's, let's get into the next hiring. Um, what do you think about this? The Giants hired um, Dabble, and, you know, a lot of people have wanted him to be hired by their team for you know for the last couple of years he's been great um he, he's he's been a great coach you know I've seen this hiring coming I mean I think everybody has after what he's done you know what he's done the last couple of years but when it comes down to it I just don't know if the Giants are that team
0: yeah you know what I'm saying like I <laughs> I, I can't see uh-huh. anyone really fixing I do the see down. the logic with because the whole draw to Brian Dable is what he's done with Josh Allen. Josh Allen was extremely raw and extremely inaccurate. And he's turned into a top three quarterback in the NFL. I'm gonna go out and say it. And you, I'm not gonna like front. (coughs) I wanted Brian Dable to be the Eagles head coach last year when we were hiring. And so I definitely am not a fan of this for the Giants as an Eagles fan. Because I think it is a good hire, but I've definitely seen some very questionable offensive play calling from Brian Dable with the Bills. The Bills hardly ever ran the ball. And, you know, the Giants have Saquon Barkley. You got to lean on the run game with a guy like Daniel Jones, who was very unproven. And, but I think Dable is a good enough offensive coach to where he'll be able to correct that. And I think that's the best hiring that's happened this year so far, by far.
1: I don't know. I'm not a big Dable guy. Um, I'm not a big giants guy. I mean, I had them (laughs) being good this year. I know, I know, but when it comes down to it, I think they have a very talented roster and I don't think Daniel Jones is that great. Uh, Kenny Galladay keeps getting injured. You know, Tony's great, but you know, we'll have to see if Dable can utilize Tony. I think if I actually do think with Dable as their head coach, I think Tony may have a huge year next year. So if he stays healthy, if they get him the ball, I think he could go over 1,200, 1,300 yards receiving. So that's something to look out for. But um, yeah, um, that, that's all I really have to say about that. I don't think the Giants are going to be a great team, even with Dable, but um, you know, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of any of these hirings yet, but um, some of these could definitely prove me wrong. So we'll just have to see how what happens with those. And then the last one is uh, Byron Leftwich, rumored for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um it's, and it's still
0: it's a rumor confirmed. I think. Yeah,
1: I mean, he was a Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback yeah. um, back in the day, so I mean, kind of makes sense there. Um, but Byron Leftwich has been has been great. He's a good coach. He's the players love him. Great chemistry. Um, this one's probably my favorite. If it does happen, I think you know Byron Leftwich really knows what he's doing when it comes to just all sides of the ball. Um, you no, know, he was he, like I said, he was a quarterback. Um, he knows he's going to be able to um, help Trevor Lawrence develop into the quarterback in the first round pick that first overall pick that, you know, he is supposed to be, we saw him kind of in that Colts game. He looked (laughs) great. And if he could continue playing consistently, if he could get a coach who actually cares about him and who actually, you know, wants to, you know, wants him to succeed, then I think that Trevor Lawrence could be a a real star in the NFL. So I, I like this hiring if it is confirmed, which I think it will be. And I still think the Jaguars are, need a lot more to happen for them to be a good team but um you know this is my favorite hiring out of all of them i think left which could remain um you know head coach for a while
0: i think that he's gonna bring something really interesting to the offense because after learning from bruce arians whose scheme is really downfield centric But then you also have them sign Tom Brady, who's Tom Brady is going to bring some of that knowledge from the Patriots, the the short game and the intermediate game, where I think that he'll build a really balanced offense. And I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to take advantage of it because Trevor Lawrence, I mean, as a prospect, he was near flawless. He was like on the the level of Andrew Luck and John Elway as a prospect. And so if there's, I think that's the big draw to Jacksonville with Bryer and Leftwich too. So I think that is, I I'm not going to agree with you that it's my favorite, but it's definitely my second favorite so far.
1: Fair enough. And the last piece of news, uh, we're going to get over this quickly, but Sean Payton stepping down as the saints head coach, this we've kind of seen, we kind of knew this was going to happen. Eventually. Um, He seemed unhappy with the saints. The saints franchise is just going through it right now. Uh, they're <laughs> going to go full view mode soon. And they're going to start that. I think this off season. I agree. Um, Michael Thomas, might get traded away, you know, Camara, I can't imagine. Eagles. Eagles. Uh, Okay. Um, But yeah, Peyton had a great career. Um, Definitely some questionable things that he's done as a coach, but he does have that Super Bowl. Um, You know, Breeze is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Top seven quarterback of all time, in my opinion. I would put him probably six or seven. And Peyton is one of the reasons why Breeze succeeded so well in New Orleans. So, You know, got to give him credit for that. Got to give him credit for that Super Bowl win against Peyton Manning and the Colts. And yeah, I mean, um, I think he's officially retiring. Is that correct, Alex?
0: He said he's retiring, but it wouldn't come as a surprise to me at all if he came back even this year.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think he was
0: just done with New Orleans after Breeze came, uh, left. That's true. And, you know, coaching
1: such a dysfunctional organization without Drew Brees, you know, I could get why he would feel the need to retire, but like you said, it possibly comes back uh, in the future. Um, But if he doesn't good, great career coaching from Sean Payton and yeah. um,
0: I think it's a good time for new Orleans to rebuild because you see the Panthers are rebuilding, the Falcons are rebuilding, and Tampa is going to win the division for another year or two. However long Tom Brady plays. And then it's wide open after that, because, Tampa doesn't have a successor for Brady in place. I don't count Kyle Trask as the next coming. Kyle Trask take over. (laughs) I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) I don't know that new Orleans is that attractive of a coaching job either. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it is, but we have to see what happens there. The the, um, head coaching candidates are, you know, they're excited. They got another job (laughs) uh, opening. So it is true. Uh, Um, yeah um, that being said those
1: are just some some of the coaching news that's been going on I'm sure there's going to be a lot more news and news stories about those um, coming up but let's get into our our final predictions for these AFC championship and NFC championship games first Chiefs versus Bengals Um, I think we already kind of alluded to what you know we both feel about this game but I think we both have the Chiefs is that correct yeah yeah I mean if Mahomes continues to play like that then it's going to, any team's going to have trouble stopping him. I think, you know, I I don't want to ramble too much, but I think Mahomes is easily setting himself up to be a top five quarterback of all time in the next, you know, 10 years or so, Um, especially if he wins a ring this year, who already have two, he already has a top 10 playoff resume of all time in terms of wins, in terms of stats, in terms of what he's done so far in only four years. So um, he's really setting himself up to be in the GOAT conversation if he continues this. And, yeah, there's a lot more he has to do, but I'm just saying he's been incredible. So um, just the way the Chiefs are, their offense, their defense has even been decent in some, some parts of the season. Um, I can't see the Bengals winning this one. I love Burrow, but, you know, it's just not enough, especially with how hot the Chiefs have been this playoff run. You know, when the Bengals beat the Chiefs at the end of this season, the Chiefs were not playing at this level. They kind of saved it for the playoffs, and I don't think, you know, with how bad that Bengals O-line is I don't think that they're going to be able to get a win against the Chiefs in pretty much any circumstance I just don't think it's happening
0: well I think it's a good matchup as we saw earlier in the year if you remember correctly I did pick the Bengals that game (laughs) but it, it is a good matchup for for Cincinnati because Cincinnati doesn't really have the defense to take advantage of that bad offensive line from from the Bengals and you'll see, I, I think it'll be another shootout just like the last time and just like the mm-hmm. Bills game where you see both teams go north of 30 points. But I think the Chiefs are going to prevail this time. They're going to learn from what happened last time. And I think that the Chiefs will probably win by a touchdown, I think is, is a safe bet. But the Bengals getting this far is amazing for them already. Joe this oh, yeah. full year your you your whole core is young your entire offense is young the the earliest drafted player on that skill position core besides Tyler Boyd is Joe Mixon in 2018 and right yeah 2018 I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure and so they have they have room to grow and you'll see guys like Mahomes Josh Allen Burrow and Herbert I think are going to be in the playoffs every year for the next 10 years <laughs> maybe not every year but like you know most of them and I yeah, yeah. The AFC is going to be exciting for a while.
1: Yeah, um, you know we. You said you think it's going to be a shootout. The Bengals haven't converted touchdowns that well this playoff. Um, Yeah. So I really don't know how well they'll be able to do it against the Chiefs. We'll see. Um, I just have to say, if the Chiefs lose this game, then what a shame because they had such a good game against the Bills. You know, whichever team won that should win the Super Bowl. I agree. And if the Chiefs wasted and lose this game for whatever reason, then it's quite a disappointment in my opinion. And that's just all I have to say about that. Um, I think that we really covered pretty much everything. I'm still excited for that game, but yeah, um, let's get into this next game. Um, Rams versus 49ers. This one, they've played each other twice you know, they're in the same division. They played each other twice this year. Niners have bested the Rams both times. The Rams almost won that last time, but Stafford and the defense folded. And so you know, it begs the question. I've been all Rams um, recently. You know, I've, I've said I, they've been my playoff pick for a while. Can they best the 49ers in a third game? Can they, they do it? it? I think they and will. And I'm going to say I think so. And what it comes down to is I think McVay is a better coach than Shanahan is, although it's close. I praise both much. of them. I don't. McVay is, is a mastermind. I think the Rams would not be have anywhere close to the amount of success that they've had over the last four or five years if he wasn't their head coach he's really orchestrated a lot of things to go right Has, with, with some subpar players, you know, Jared Goff leading the charge for a while there. You're not high on Stafford, but he's really made Stafford look like a good quarterback for yeah. a majority. I can't of the argue with that. Like not even a good quarterback. He's played elite for a lot of this top season. 10 so. level.
0: top 10 level for sure.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I just think when it comes down to it, it's going to be a very close game. I like the Rams a tad bit more defensively. I know that's a little bit of a hot take, but I like them a tad bit more defensively oh, than I, the Niners. I, I don't and think that's
0: a hot take. That is.
1: It, it, it could be. The Niners have been really good recently. Yeah. And then offensively, I just think Cooper Cup, OBJ. Um, I don't know about Cam Akers anymore. after that two fumble, two can't let yards, one per attempt I don't know about that. But, you know, the Rams generally have a great rushing attack, so – I just think the Rams are the better overall team. Shanahan is going to coach the Niners up and get them to where they need to be, but I don't think it's going to be enough. And ultimately, for me, Garoppolo is what's going to hold the Niners back in this one. I, I don't agree. think Garoppolo is going to be able to get them the win. So I think it'll be close, though. But McVay is not going to let them lose three times in a row to the Niners in a season.
0: Although I I agree with you with everything you said, but at the same time, I we – I remember both of us said that exact same thing in the last week of the season when they played each other for the Niners to get in the playoffs. And I, I definitely think it's the safe pick to say the Rams, but once again, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Niners went out and beat them because for some reason, the Niners are just the Rams kryptonite. They've, they've lost to the Niners the last like six games somehow, even when the Niners had a bad team like last year, a, a whole injury riddled roster and double digit losses. They still swept the Rams. And so I think that the Rams will be in the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs, where I do have the Chiefs, but it'll definitely be an interesting game with a lot of bad blood. Tickets are outrageously expensive. They're the most expensive non Super Bowl game tickets ever. And yeah, and parking is like 500 bucks, I saw too. It's it's insane. Yeah, I know. $500 for parking. Like take an Uber at that point, even that'll be cheaper. Jeez. But yeah, um it'll you be do make a good
1: point there, but I think the Rams self-destructed in that Niners game, they should have won. I can see the Rams doing the same thing though. They've they have a track record of doing that this year. Oh no, no, I'm I'm not saying they haven't, I'm just saying the Rams lost the game. They yes, you know yeah, the Niners didn't win the game. I think the Rams lost the game for themselves. Oh no,
0: that, that one-minute drive with the with the Garoppolo long ball to Debo. That was that was definitely the Niners.
1: That's true, but I'm just saying, like the Rams should have won that game. They were leading for majority yes. of the game. They had the lead. It looked like they were the better team for most of the game. And they blew it, just how they almost blew it against the Bucs. So it was it was McVay's first loss with a lead at halftime in his whole career. It's crazy. Um McVeigh's definitely gonna have to make sure they don't blow it this time. But I think you know, I think the Rams are gonna come out hot again and they're gonna take the lead. Just can they not self-destruct? That's yeah. what it comes down to. And I think that they're gonna be. Extremely extremely prepared to, to make sure that they don't self-destruct mm-hmm. to, to make another Super Bowl because I think they the really is gonna whip
0: them into the shape.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but like you said, we, we both have Niners, not Niners, what am I saying? Rams Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And that was kind of the 2018 matchup that a lot of people thought was gonna happen after that crazy, crazy Mahomes versus golf that's game. Right. You remember that? That was one of the that's, best that's another games one of the top three,
0: three for me.
1: Yeah, um, which is it's crazy to see that both these teams are probably going to make it back there, but back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I I think so. I think it's going to be Chiefs versus Rams. And I have the Chiefs. Um, I love the Rams, like I've been saying, but I after seeing the Chiefs play this postseason, I think Mahomes, it's inevitable that he's going to get another ring or two at least. And I think this year now with the Bills out, with the Cowboys out, with the Packers out, I don't think any of these other three teams are really able to. Beat the Chiefs if the Chiefs play up to standards. Really, the Chiefs are in control of their own destiny, in, in my yeah. opinion. Like, if they play worse than they should, then they could lose. But mm-hmm. if they play as good as we know they can, then I don't think any team in the league could beat them. And that's what it comes down to. Even as high as I am on the Rams, I don't think McVeigh's enough. I don't think Aaron Donald's enough or Jalen Ramsey's enough. And it may be a close game, but I have the Chiefs in like a 42 to 35 win. Forty-two
0: to thirty-five in the Super Bowl. That, that's let's. Yeah. Although, in all fairness, let's not count our chickens before they've hatched because that might not necessarily be the matchup. I'm I'm uh, saying my prediction. I if know it happens, I know it may not be. The I matchup. don't see it being that high scoring.
1: I think the Rams we'll defense
0: is too good for that to happen.
1: I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you you never know. Um, I yeah. you know I thought the Bills defense was too good to let Mahomes score forty plus, and we saw what happened there. So. Um, yeah, but, but that's just my opinion on the matter. Um, this playoffs has been, you know, great to see, and I'm, I'm really happy that it's turned out this way so far. I, I hope it continues with these um, AFC and NFC championship games. I think it will. Um, so some exciting things to look forward to. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Um, we're going to be, you know, releasing another one next week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we're going to be talking about Super Bowl Maybe some Pro Bowl stuff, probably not a lot of Pro Bowl stuff, but
0: we went you know, over that already.
1: Yeah, but Pro Bowl's coming up too. Um, Super Bowl is going to be great. Very excited for that. And yeah, a lot of teams' legacies are on the lines. I think if Mahomes loses the Super Bowl or doesn't make it or whatever happens, then a lot of people are going to start putting some pressure on him to get some more rings. If Stafford and the Rams don't win or make the Super Bowl, then this might be over for them as being, you know, having a shot at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Same with the Niners and Garoppolo. Um, I'm just saying these are some things to put in mind Uh, with the way that the Cardinals have been playing with the way the Niners are playing with the way Seahawks could play the Rams. This is their shot. Uh, Same with the Niners. This is their shot at a Super Bowl. They both are looking for it. The Bengals are the only team out of the four that I think isn't really pressured. I mean, they are
0: pressured, but they're playing with house money at this point.
1: Yeah, you know, the Bengals have made it further than they should have, in my opinion. And they, they've been great. But, you know, still, um, they're the only team that – Burrow's young. The team is young. They'll have another opportunity to maybe make the Super Bowl probably in the in the future. So, But that, that's all I have to say about that. Um, I'm excited. I think you are too, Alex. Like I said, I'm going to miss the games. But I, I'll rewatch them on Monday. I'll, I'll watch them on Monday for the first time. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.